Oh, am I hosting? Oh, hi. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to the audio commentary for Iron Man 3. I'm Alexis Soto, and I'm joined by Kyle Lira. Hi. We've had some interesting times trying to arrange this uh, commentary, so forgive us if we're a little bit impatient. Kyle is for sure rattled by the experience, so. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, this took us three tries over the past couple of days. It's It's been stupid. Like, utterly stupid. It should not have taken us this long. But it has. But anyway, here we are. Iron Man 3. Alexis, what did you think about this movie uh, coming out of it for the first time? Oh, wow. Um... That's a very good question. That's a very, very good question. Um, first of all, can't just say, um, I actually like this movie. I like it quite a bit, and I think it's very, very entertaining. Um, and for the most part, that's what I thought of when I had seen this movie. You know, uh, in large part, I had gone and seen this movie as, um, I had seen The Avengers a year earlier. The Avengers was my first ever. Um, basically step into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite parts about the Avengers was Robert Downey Jr. as uh, uh, Tony Stark. And so, I don't know. I mean, I like the promos. I like the trailers. It seemed as it was going to be a good time. It just so happened that some friends of mine from high school were going to go see it. So I was invited to go and see it with them. And, um, you know, uh, overall, I wasn't... I don't think any of us were that thrilled over the movie in terms of like, oh my God, what a great fucking movie. But we had a good time. It was a Marvel movie. It was an Iron Man movie. It gave us exactly what we wanted. I know someone in our group was um, obviously uh, let down by the Mandarin thing, which is going to be a big thing in this commentary and for this movie. So we're going to be bringing it up several times. But um, uh, as someone that had no comic book knowledge, it didn't bother me. Um, I thought it was funny. Um, I think this movie is funny. And years later, I think my view, my standing on it has improved uh, and a greater appreciation for it because of uh, what Shane Black brought to this movie. Um, you know, not being so afraid to, you know, be uh, hand tied by MCU formula, which at this point was still, you know, finding its way to be a formula um, in the sense. But uh, I ended up liking it. Yeah. Back to formula. Yes, I ended up <laughs> liking it quite a bit. But before you would say what you liked about this movie, um, or didn't like about this movie, I should say, because it is, I mean, ranked among your lower tier of MCU films yeah. for, I, I think, very uh, credible reasons. I want to ask you what the anticipation was for this after oh. watching both Iron Man and oh, Iron Man 2 and the Avengers. The Avengers. Yeah. You had to have been very excited. Oh, man, I was so stoked for this. I was sold on the idea that Ben Kingsley was going to be the Mandarin. We'll get to that in a bit. Um, I I really, really found, like, this is like my on point uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. fandom hype kind of thing. Like I, I went back after the Avengers and I watched everything that almost everything that he did. 
uh, Weird Science, you know, just like all, all the other earlier stuff that he did. And so I was like all for this, you know, and I'm team Iron Man, you know, and I went into uh, into like a comic book splurge and I started reading the comic books after the Avengers and everything like that. And I, and I got a more sense of who Iron Man was in the comics. And, and so I was like really into the whole Iron Man thing. Um, and I, I really grew fond of this character, you know? Now it's funny. So when you saw Iron Man originally, you weren't that familiar with the comic, right? No, other than all I knew was that he was smart. And he met with okay. He met with Spider Man a couple of times in the comics, and that's right. It. So it's funny how, <laughs> so when you saw Iron Man, you didn't know the comic, but then in the lead up to Iron Man three, you delved yourself into the comics mm-hmm. and you discovered this character, the Mandarin, which then in part ended up being a big reason as to why this movie didn't and necessarily make you a I, fan. <laughs> I mean, not just that. I mean, the man. Uh, I mean, the Mandarin is essentially the Green Goblin to, uh, to what Iron Man, uh, is, you know, uh, just very quickly, not to, you know, cut you off and everything, but just to see what's happening here. So, um, this is a primary example of Tony Stark, um, who is in this film a born again insomniac. Uh, yeah. I, I personally, for me, what's, I think what works best about this movie is the emphasis on Tony Stark, is the story for Tony Stark following the Avengers and what a traumatic experience it was, him having PTSD, as we'll see even later on in the movie. But him, obviously, you say how you love to see him tinker. Uh, well, this is not necessarily in the mechanic sense of tinkering, but I do love him experimenting with new suits. And in this sense here, this is the most advanced suit and the implants he made into his, um, into his own body, which we'll see a lot more of in future movies. But him... Um, the new feature of the Iron Man suit here is it being able to piece by piece um, form into him, which and I love how in every single movie we're getting a more and a more advanced Iron Man. Like he, um, and by the way, this scene is just fabulous. Having this Christmas song play over, it, it, I I find it so funny. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and it's very interesting to like where we get like nanotech and Infinity War, mm-hmm. um. And, Which we saw glimpses of in Civil War. Yeah. So it's like, it builds and builds and builds. Um, it builds. Um, yep. But I, other than the Mandarin stuff, I really genuinely enjoy this movie. This is a, this is a good movie. Like, I, other than the Mandarin stuff, I have no problems with this movie. <laughs> the Mandarin must be a big fucking problem then. <laughs> Which, in fairness, it is uh, to people who, you know, that it matters to them. Um, What do you make of, uh, I don't know what mark this is, but do you like the suit for this movie? I think it's a little too cold. That's just personal uh, preference. Ah, The color palette. Yeah. Let's see here. I'm the (laughs) best. That is Tony Stark's uh, character arc in a nutshell. I'm the best. Gets knocked on and his then, ass. Yep. Mm-hmm. I get what you're saying about it's a little too gold, but... Um, well, is that really... I just saw the Iron Man 2 one, or, or the Iron Man 1, and that was gold as well. Maybe it's a different shade of gold? I think is so. Is it too beige? I think, I think it's too yellow gold. <laughs> 
You know, I think if you muted the gold a little bit, I think it would have been Well, better. and I know we're seeing Ben Kingsley here. Yes. And we'll, we'll get to him. We'll get to Good him. Lord. But I want to ask you, thinking about all the movies that Iron Man has been in, I got to ask you, because I know we spent a good portion of, um, I was listening to the Avengers audio commentary with you and me and Peter. We spent a good uh, portion, um, you know, bitching about Thor and Captain America's looks throughout the films. I have to ask you, which is your favorite Iron Man look or uh, looking costume in in, uh, in all the films he's been in off the top of your Ooh. head? If there is one. Okay, I'm going to tell you straight up. I love hungover Tony in Iron Man 2. Hungover Tony. Yeah, remember when he was on the. You mean you mean the, the suit? What? Think about the suit, the look yeah. of the suit. Like I liked him when he he wore his outfit, and I liked uh, when he was on top of the giant donut. That is my favorite kind yeah. of Iron Man. Uh, okay, I, I'm I'm a little okay. The question I asked you is the look of the Iron Man suit itself, not the character, but the you know. How the how the suit is looking, movie to movie. Uh, okay, him with his mask off in Civil War is atrocious. However, his outfit is the best in Civil War. Really? Yeah. So you like how it looks the best in Civil War? Yeah. Why? Why is that? I don't know because it has like the the right level of like indentation, the right level of details going into it. Uh, I, I like, I like the little blue, blue, uh, blue fiber optic looking things that are, uh, lining his suit. It's just, it, it's really detailed and intricate. I'm like, uh, my neck, my next one would probably be like Iron Man, the, the from the first Iron Man, cause that's, right. that's classic and sleek and everything like that. But I just like really like the detailed look that we got in Civil War. Yeah, you know, it's really interesting how you bring that up because um, a lot of people apparently complain that Civil War's overall cinematography, you know, really um, isn't all that good. I don't think that way. You may, but it's interesting you point out that Iron Man's suit may have looked the best in that one, even though um, the Russos, uh, you know, personally listening to their audio commentary – they did a lot with uh, with Winter Soldier and Civil War. They really did a lot to take a lot of the color out of that movie. So it really is interesting how you're saying not that not not saying you're wrong. I just think it's a really interesting uh, point that that's the one that really appealed the most to you. And yet the filmmakers were trying to really kind of tone down the color in that movie because of the subject matter of the film. But um, which I think works for the movie. But some others like Peter um, actually don't don't find it all that visually pleasing um but for what it's worth i do think the iron man look in civil war is one is one of the best i don't mind this one here um it i think it does maybe stand out because of uh the lightness in the gold but Uh it's it's different like this stuff is good this stuff is really good Mm -hmm. i gotta get out of the wormhole yeah Let me tell let me, you. Um, let me tell you. Let, let me tell you something. I've had anxiety attacks in the in the past. How I I had one thinking about Endgame. <laughs> That's how ridiculous it's getting. But I know that it isn't fun. And what he's having right now has got to be like the worst. So you're, 
you know what he's having right now, and and uh, is it accurately depicted? It's accurately depicted. Yeah, like you have to get out. You have to like get some air. Uh, you have to go away from an area. You know, for a little bit. Yeah. You have to also wonder, one of the, the funny things that we see here um, with Happy Hogan is, you know, what is um what is life for for him been like after, first of all, Tony became Iron Man, and then second of all, Tony became part of the Avengers. It's like, oh yeah, I'm Iron Man's bodyguard. <laughs> I'm like, poor Happy. I think he. I think he's now like glorified assistant at this point. Well, didn't this? He's he has a new job in this movie, right? With the company, or 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 has he been essentially? Is it kind of like um, you know what's an interesting thing? So is, is Happy like the three PO here, where Tony just kind of like gave him to Pepper the way that um, Anakin gave three PO to Padme, and then Padme passed <laughs> it down to. Um, with uh, Alea? Yeah, well, not really gave it, but like set the template for giving it to uh, to Leia. Well, what if th- didn't a three PO after Padme passed away? It, it, it he he went with Organa, right? No, he went with uh, with Captain Antilles. Captain, but didn't R two also go with Captain Antilles? I think I think I think R two was. Organas. He, I was under the impression that R2... Here we are talking about Star Wars and a Marvel commentary. Okay, but it's a comparison. I was under the impression that R2 and 3PO were together throughout all of those years. I know Captain Antilles had them. Well, they are a bickering couple. But, and, and, you know, Leia was also on that ship, you know, Rogue One and A New Hope. And, you know, the, the, Tatooine and all those circumstances. Uh-huh. But um, in... Uh, in one of the novels, I remember. I think it may have been the Ahsoka novel that I that I purchased a few years ago, um, it, which featured uh, a lovely little reunion with, between R two and Ahsoka, which you just have to read. It's fun. Yeah. But uh, Leia grew up with R two, so if R two was around, wouldn't three P also be around? I have no idea. It's Star Wars. It's best not to think about it. <sighs> yeah, but anyway, that's. <laughs> I think that's the situation where Happy is in right now. And you got to wonder, like, what's life for him during all of this? And um, first of all, I'm happy for Happy. Uh-huh. You're happy for <laughs> I'm Happy. I'm happy that John – yes. I'm happy that John Favreau um, has uh, – you know, he's like the one of the few people that's uh, stayed, you know, for the <laughs> entirety of the cinematic universe and, like, yeah. has been invited back to play with the toys. Like, you know, he said um, – You know, he has Iron a character Creek, poster in the uh, – in the Endgame promotion, I know, isn't it amazing? Um, I saw that. Um, but one of the things he said in the ramp up uh, to Iron Man three being released is uh, his role in Iron Man three was uh, like um, it's like a, a he, he compared himself to a grandparent, where it was like um, I don't have to uh, be in charge and I get to play with the kids. Um, that's nice, <laughs> which is, you know, <laughs> you know, and I feel bad for a little bit. Cause like, as we had mentioned in our last commentary, uh, Iron Man two is so, um, 
unfairly dismissed. It's underrated, to be honest. It re- like a lot of if you notice, you know, Age of Ultron wasn't great, but it also wasn't terrible. That's also I feel unfairly attacked. The same thing with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I think that's an exceptional movie, and then again, it's just dismissed at face value. So I like how we see more of his garage. Oh yeah, it's great. But but I think one of the, the things as we'll get to is there's a lot of reoccurring issues where people just dismiss these movies. And I, ju- I think Favreau would have made a terrific Iron Man three. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but, uh, this is fun, <laughs> uh, right here. Uh, apparently happy is, uh, being an old man about technology. And I think uh, the impression right here, as far as you know, the character stuff that's going on. So uh, apparently, Happy has noticed that Tony's kind of been ignoring Pepper for a while. Uh huh. Is that what the impression is? I think so. <laughs> the Super Friends. By the way, I'm chronologically speaking for the um, the cinematic universe. Uh, diehards, Iron Man three takes place the exact same year as the Avengers. It takes place obviously in the So New York the fall. So New York happened like a couple of months before a few exactly. months. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. By the way, how does Gwyneth Paltrow look more and more stunning as these movies go? Oh, she's absolutely fabulous, darling. And you say that she's wearing the same uh you said to me she's wearing the same outfit she had in Iron Man too? Yeah. Or is just her, is or is maybe white her color? Maybe maybe when she's in business mode, maybe that's what it is. Oh, it's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say something and then I forgot. Um, You know, Guy Pierce. You know, he does a, a good job with what he's given. What he's given here, but it's just like <sighs> Aldrich Killian is, I think, for me, like the poster boy of the underdeveloped villains, especially, of course, when you consider the Mandarin and all that, all the, the wasted potential. Um, and we'll get to Rebecca Hall. I got a lot of things to say about, you know, oh, shit. what they did with her. But um, yeah, yeah. Here we are, happy being happy. He's gonna follow this guy around. Um, he does get like a, a a brief little like fight with him later on, right? Yeah, like an action scene with his bodyguard, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. But it turns out the bodyguard has the extremist I, you know what, virus. Kyle, you mentioned it in the other ones. I just love this house. It's a great house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. See these are it's it's moments like these between these two that I just miss them so much. They're so fun together. I like how like the suit I know it's like automatically controlled, but like the way it, he's sitting in it, uh I think it it's like juxtaposed with like somebody wearing like a velvet smoking jacket and a pipe. <laughs> get it knots like 
Also, one of the new features we're seeing right now is, um, you know, Tony can send out the suit and he, he, he doesn't have to physically be in the suit. Yeah. And then you'll see that again in uh, Homecoming. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that feature? What? The <laughs> fact that he doesn't have to be in the suit? Yeah. I think it's great. I think, like, you know, if he's, like, in the middle of doing something, it's, like, trying to, like, you know how, like, you wish that you were in another uh, body or you had another version of yourself to do all mm-hmm. your chores for you? I, I, That's, like, what it's like. Well, that's the scene in Homecoming, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. He was, uh... And he's like, thank God this place has Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I love that uh, when the Iron Man suit takes a look at I me. Mean, there's a lot of like little um, quirky moments of humor, and like even earlier where um, where he, uh, Happy and Tony were like going back and forth about the screen being not being able to flip the screen. That uh, that feel really like trademark uh, Shane Black right here. Yeah. Have you seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang? No, no, no. I haven't seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Um, uh, no, I haven't. But usually, whenever you and, and Peter uh, feel the need to ask me, have you seen such and such movie? The answer almost always is no. So. Okay. Go watch it. I, I strongly recommend it. It's on a list somewhere. I, I'm not avoiding it watching it. It's just, you know, I watch it when I watch it. Okay. I love this scene here. I'm a mess. Oh, my God. This is good. You see it like this. Like right here. And this is right here. It's basically this is something that's been played throughout the whole entire. Uh, yeah. This is yeah, this is the moment right here. I think um, right now what's in my head and I think it's in yours when he just said like, um, you know, trying to protect you and everything. I'm thinking of the moment where he finally meets Thanos in Infinity War. It's like it all kind of began here after the Avengers. It's like, yeah. This is what he's been working for. Um, to protect her. What's kind of, yeah, yeah. And especially like he has to work overtime because he saw shit. Yeah, he, he definitely did. Like something that Hulk, uh, Cap, or anybody else will never ever face until we get to end game, of course. But yeah, like stuff like that. Well, we're seeing it right now. Look at this. I also love this scene. This actually did scare me <laughs> when I was watching right here when uh, the Iron Man gets Pepper. Oh, yeah. That was, that was actually pretty creepy. Oh, shit. Think about how kind of scary that is. Like he can, he can call the suit in his sleep. That that is terrifying. I'm sure Darth Plagueis would have liked that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they hear the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise. Yeah that that moment. I I think that because it, it, it's kind of like a pick or poison kind of thing like you know mm-hmm. would you rather spend it like trying to protect 
Or would you rather spend your time? Well, he's also paranoid. And that's the thing about this movie is that he's just constantly paranoid and he's uh, struggling with anxiety and PTSD and all that crap. And it's not good. I mean, this is the first kind of stuff I think Tony Stark has dealt with. Um, obviously, he dealt with it after the cave and everything. But I think on a much more grander scale that he's having a hard time. Because um, I think what you, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. In Iron Man, yeah, he was going through some stuff. But the Iron Man suit, which at that point was the most advanced thing ever created, he found a way to cope with that and to kind of stand up to it. In this sense, he's seen so much out there and he is so terrified of the next threat. And like he was actually one of the few people, and we'll see that again in Age of Ultron, that's like, no, there's, can't think to our, don't be naive. There are yeah. bigger threats out there than what, what's here, Hunter. And we have to be ready for yeah, it. Yeah. And that's where he's like 100% right when it comes to Endgame and Infinity War right. and all that stuff. And there's no I mean, certainty that, that, that there's no certainty whatsoever that they're going to be prepared to face it, even if they do prepare. I mean, that's what scares He me. didn't see Thanos when he went into the thing, but he might as well have. He saw an, an army in outer space. I mean, what, how would you react if you saw that? Pretty fucking terrified. Like, holy shit. And like, you know, that whole thing of them invading was out of his control. So. Oh, shit. Fucking they level. Destroy the Chinese theater. Hmm. Oh no. Rest in peace, the great movie ride. <laughs> what, too soon? What is, uh, I guess, happy is Mickey and Minnie in this sense because they're taking over the, the location of Walt Disney World. No, he, more like. More like TM, uh, more like AMC and my uh, Turner Classic Movies. Very Terminator esque. Yeah. So, like, he just walks away and no one's going to, like, stop or question him. I mean, look at it. I mean, would you question that? I mean, I'd question it, but I wouldn't go anywhere near it. Exactly. Poor Happy. By the way, very great work here with the the transmissions of um, the Mandarin. This one's actually my favorite one. Um, you know, Chinese. I love the voice. Good invention. Hollow. Flies taste in your mouth. See, I even memorized that fucking like monologue. It's great. <laughs> With what they give Ben Kingsley to say in this movie is extraordinary. That's why I was so heartbroken. It is coming to a close. Oh, shit. Your graduation. Well, fuck. That's a hell of a graduation. 
A lot. Oh my god. A lot of circumstance, not enough pomp. I like moments like these where you know you're really reminded of you know, um, the friendship that he and Happy have had and how uh, Tony really cares about him. Like it's a big fucking deal. Well, it's kind of like his brother, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um and then of course uh oh the famous with the ex- yeah his famous he's fucking exhausted right now he's angry he's emotional and every single fucking time tony is one of those things he makes stupid decisions like this Oh shit. Fight, fight, fight. He didn't think that Pepper would be there. No. He didn't think at all. What are you talking about? This is a pure anger. And, you know, a little bit of vengeance kind of motivating it. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I miss Jarvis. I miss scenes like this. I love him. Fuck. God, he has an amazing laboratory. You know, you're so fucking right. I can imagine having like, you know, your room and all of a sudden, you know, you, oh, you like adjust your hand and then out comes like a screen or something like that. I mean. Oh shit. Hooray for Hollywood. Hmm. That's cool. He could map out the entire freaking crime scene in his freaking yeah. house. dog tags this is the kind of bat cave that freaking batman wishes he had oh shit (laughs) fucking um tony stark's a better fucking detective than bruce wayne (laughs) he has the crime scene in his freaking lab Mm -hmm. batman has to physically go there And he came up with answers like that. Tell me, Alfred. Let's get this going. Oh, 
all I had in Tennessee. fuck man the dialogue for tony is still you know just amazing i threatened a terrorist god dang the dynamic between these two i i don't mind it's pretty good rebecca hall yeah robert downey jr and uh oh he's actually in there Good on Jarvis. (laughs) He calls her a fucking botanist. Yeah. I mean, Pepper understands, right? Because she used to take out the trash. Yeah. <laughs> her look right here is kind of reminiscent to her Avengers look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, somebody's pissed. Uh-oh. By the way, this set piece, I fucking love. This is great. It's sad, though, because, you know, the fucking house gets blown up. Yeah. Oh, shit. Wake me up. Wake me up inside. Can't wake up. <laughs> nice. I love how he does that. Generally speaking, you know, Iron Man 3, I don't think it has anywhere near the best action in the MCU, but I do think Shane Black and the people working on the movie brought some of the more stylized set pieces. The set pieces yeah. right here. And like, you know, the staging of where uh, these scenes are taking place. Like, like his one. house never seems to catch a break, can it? Well, I mean, they, they kind of fucking gave up. They gave up so much after Iron Man 3. They fucking, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just go to New York. <laughs> and they moved to New York. But the traffic, though, Tony, the traffic. Actually, according to a recent research, uh, L.A. is now the formidable, uh, horrible traffic. The New York. Nice. Okay, quite nice to see Pepper in the Iron Man we're suit. Gonna, too. We're going to see her in the suit. In uh, are we? Are we sure about that? 
I mean, I know Gwyneth Paltrow's, you know, probably let something slip, but like in a three hour movie, we could see it, but like, in what way are we going to see her uh, like in an alternate reality? And oh, true, I didn't think of that. So it's or maybe she is in the fucking battle because you know she Gwyneth Paltrow's Pepper Potts also had a character poster, yeah, for Avengers Endgame. So who knows? Maybe they they really enlist every fucking buddy to help in the fight again. <laughs> You really they, don't know how it's going to end. Honestly, in terms of like the way that Infinity War, you need everybody that you could get. Like, are we? I mean, I'm think I'm leaning towards Tony Stark does not make it out of Avengers Endgame alive. Are we sure Pepper makes it out alive? I don't know. It'd be it'd be pretty like I know um um what's it called Peter was kidding a few uh, commentaries ago where he said that Pepper and Tony die in each other's arms in Endgame, but imagine that actually that'd happens. be horribly tragic. <laughs> I I I mean I want happy endings for these people, but I don't know. <clears throat> Kablams. Kablams! <laughs> There's our obligatory Kablams line. Oh. The poor house. The lab. No, not the lab. Poor dummy. Oh, oh my god. You'll never see me coming. And we're seeing all the suits blow up. Shit. Did Dummy go too? Every. I don't know if it's coincidence, but that sounded like uh, Dejuati's work. It could have been. He wasn't. Composing the movie, it was Brian Tyler, so he might have used something every now and then to bring back, you know, a hint of an old theme. Oh shit. The house ain't done being broken. <laughs> no. There's the bunny. Oh man. Come on, Tony. I like this moment. One of the few times uh where Jarvis is really like On top getting Tony things. out of the yeah. situations, yeah. And then I think right here he he blacks out and then how does nobody notice Iron Man just getting out of the water and flying? I mean, okay. And then of course we cut to and he's been flying several hours um, and he's he went off to Tennessee. God. 
And this element I really find great is that, you know, he, he's pretty much stripped of all of his assets, you know, and he, you know, he pretty much has nothing. And so he has to use his wits to, to get out mm-hmm. of this mess. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Which is why I like this movie so much. We see Tony Stark, you know, you know, try to solve things without having Iron Man. Yeah. This is an iconic, uh, iconic imagery, him taking off his mask. This is the last time we see him do that, right? Because in all the other ones, you don't, you see the look with the mask off, but the helmet's still on. I believe in all the other movies, I, we, I we don't so. see that anymore. It's like either he has the helmet on or it's just completely off his head. Right? Right. That's brisk. Oh, even Jarvis. He stripped of Jarvis. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Now I have to carry him. <clears throat> this is nice. I mean, this whole movie is good. It's just that one glaring problem for me. <laughs> he took a punch. <laughs> Whatever keeps you warm, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, did he just break into this place? Why did he pick this place? Do you know? I, Isn't this a house or garage? What a shop? I have no idea. What's he doing? I think he's trying to remove the the implant. Why? Because it got him into trouble. Hmm. (laughs) I think, um, you know, Ty Simpkins here, uh, the, the kid actor, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think it says so much about what a great actor Robert Downey Jr. is. And he can act against Anybody. anyone. Yeah. And he, and he I think he almost manages to elevate the performance of the person he's acting off of. Like, he's really good at working with people. And I think right here, what we're seeing right here, his interaction with Ty Simpkins, 
um, if you think about it, it's a nice precursor to his uh, to his other uh, other surrogate sign. Uh, right, right, with uh, Peter uh, Parker. Peter Parker. Yeah. So it's like it really is no surprise that those two worked out really well. When you look at, uh, and I like uh, Ty Simpkins' uh, character. Yeah. I think he's fun in this movie. Do you think we might see him back? There were rumors that he would be back. You you know those same rumors we heard about um, Liv Tyler coming back as a uh, Betty Ross, of course, and then um, and then we had there were also rumors of Ty Simpkins. To tell you the truth. I don't know, but we know Endgame is going to have so many freaking surprises and so many people are going to be coming back out of the woodwork. So I wouldn't put it past it, but I wouldn't be expecting it. I mean, if Red Skull could come back, anything is possible, right? I Although I've been calling it for years that Red Skull wasn't dead. So I just want to remind people of that, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, shit. I mean, Tony is like a tough love kind of person, but he's also, you know, caring too. So it's like, it's an interesting combination. Especially when we get to Peter Parker. You know, I I guarantee you if they had the rights already, that would have been Peter Parker. Oh, for sure. I mean, you never know what the hell they were setting up here. I mean, along the way, things change. Um, they could have been setting up something here, but I think they kind of dropped it as soon as they got a Peter Parker, <laughs> Spider-Man yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, then what they did is they rec- they went they retroactively went back to Iron Man two, and they said, "You know that kid with the Iron Man helmet? That's Peter Parker." Well, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't. Didn't you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. Did you know that? Apparently. Iron. And then Farewell House. So it was such a nice house. Oh. Mm. She loves him, like. Oh my god! Yes, she does. Regardless. <clears throat> also, one of the things we kind of missed over in the beginning of the movie, um, that before the panic attack, that scene he has with uh, with Rhodey about the Mandarin. Uh-huh. Um, and how Rhodey tells Tony, like, like, this is way below your pay grade. Like he's a terrorist, but like, that's my job. You know, I'm with the military. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh-huh. Like, we don't really need you in this case. Um, which is, I thought was really interesting to point out here. Cause then you also had got to think about it this way. It's like Iron Man ain't the only other person. Like there's also, it's one of these things where it's like, well, Where's Captain America and Black Widow and Hawkeye? That's always well, right, that's always the question in their standalone films after well, the he's, fact. He's an answer. It doesn't matter where they are. This is an Iron Man movie, and that's one of the 
little thing, little bit of the drawbacks you have in this. But I think Rhodey was like, well, they don't need to be involved because they're with S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D. is doing other things right now. Like being you know? half Hydra. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh my god, what an amazing costume. I'll save it for later. Yeah. Oh god, don't 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 go there. Don't go. I refuse to watch that Dora trailer, by the way. I just because that's not fucking Dora the Explorer. I, not that I give a shit, but it's like who why? I did. Uh, it's so horrible, I love it. That's uh, that seems to be like oh, the default undercover Marvel character look. Uh, throw on a hat, throw on throw on a jacket, particularly black. Well, that's Both. one of the things about the cinematic and universe that's, that's like that's not that you know, talked about, but like you know, you know, before the days of Marvel. You'd have know. the X-Men and you had Spider-Man and you'd have, you know, the DC stuff with the Superman movies and the Batman movies. And all most of that, all of those big movies um, had the main character's main identities be a secret thing. And it, it ended up being a plot point, you know, woven into the actual story. With this cinematic universe, like one of the things that you don't realize, I mean, that was thrown out the window from the first movie. Yeah. And so, like, these guys can't just like you know wander around and like not expect to like be noticed you know It's funny, but it's like it's sad because, like, you know, you know, one of those that kids. shit's not. Yeah, well, yeah, but like, it's also like that's not shit to laugh about. Like, he, fucking Tony is like having a fucking panic attack right here, and it's so bad he has to go into the snow. Look at this. The the react the reaction Christmas. between these two is like I, I know you haven't been keeping up, but it's kinda like Judith and uh, Negan. Who the fuck is Judith? <laughs> That's are you talking about the Walking Dead? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Limited edition. The door watch. Yeah. 
That's nice. So you have Tony Stark rocking a Dora watch, and then you have Deadpool rocking an Avenger Time watch. Oh, that's right. Hey, little baby. I want to go to one of these honky-tonk bars. It actually looks pretty relaxed. I mean, live For now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, true. usually that's how it starts off, like, in movies. Like, these honky-tonk bars, they start off all, oh, that's nice. And then all hell break loo- uh, breaks loose. For British eyes only. No. <laughs> Mr. F. Oh, man. It's a bit extreme, this, right? Yeah. Holy shit. Fatality. Hey, Hot Wings. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this is one of the... Again, um, I I like the scene mainly for the fucking one-liners. Yeah. Like, even in such, like, um, you know. Dire <laughs> situations. Look at, look at, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You know, if you're nothing without your suit, you shouldn't have it. Hey, that's very true. She took the jacket off. You know, it's serious. Oh, shit. I didn't see that. Fuck. <laughs> how did they find him? Wait a minute. Has that ever revealed how they found him? How did they? Oh, wait. They weren't there looking for him. They just stumbled upon each other, right? Yeah. Because they were there for looking for the file. It just okay. so happens that they found each other. Yeah. Okay. I was like, what the fuck? I love this line right here.
Which honestly could also be the name of the autobiography of RDJ. Yeah. Cheap chicken, a cheesy one-liner. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty dark. (laughs) She fucking just strangled him on the (laughs) phone. Well, there goes the town. Remember that scene in uh, Looney Tunes back in action where the water tower falls down? Remember that? No, the, the, the it's 2003- Brothers. Yeah, remember in, in Looney Tunes back in action, it's early on in the movie, and uh, Brendan Fraser accidentally yeah. in the Batmobile knocks down the, the tower, and then the water fucking lands And he's like, on, look, um, I found Nemo. Bugs Bunny. Fuck. I love that. Also, by the way, I really love that movie. I love that. It's, it's not. I love. You know yeah. what? To be honest, I love it more than Space Jam. I haven't even seen fucking Space Jam, but like, I just feel like no offense. Back in action is more of my jam than Space Jam. You know, one of the things that you know, this scene really, really shows you is just like Tony Stark, like can do so much without having Iron Man. Yeah. And that's why, you know, it goes back to what he says, you know, he's saying, you know, if you're nothing without the suit, you shouldn't have it. And he, he uses intellect. <laughs> Although again, there are times, there are times where you like, you know, he's, Outmatched entire. Remember the his um when he tried to go up against the Winter Soldier in Civil War. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that guy had like kind of like a super arm. I mean, Bucky's pretty much Captain America, but with a metal arm. So there's that. Which is why he's destined to become the next Cap. <laughs> you see, this movie is really good. Um, I, I know the Mandarin thing like kills it, but like, forget how fun this movie is. As and again, I, I owe it. In, like this kind of humor that we're seeing throughout the movie is really all Shane Black. So I love it. Yeah. Um, oh look, the Home Shopping Network. <laughs> well, shit. Lesson number one.
I'm a good, I'm a good president. Oh my God, Kyle. What? How would this scene play out if this was President Trump? <laughs> like, <laughs> get the NRA on the phone. <laughs> Pay attention to none of that. That was fake news. It was a stunt. It was a stunt. No collusion, no collusion. No <laughs> what a shit show. <laughs> Imagine the tweets where, he sent out against the man. Where, where was Melania? She's right here. <laughs> it cuts to a monkey in a fucking dress. Oh my god. Well, you see, after this scene, I was like, holy shit. So if that was Trevor, then did he actually kill kill the person? Live. On air. But, but like, how did Trevor not realize that he killed someone with a real gun? I think he knew. I think it was like, just like, keep up appearances, you know. The show must go on no matter what. But, okay, but that's, that, that goes against what he says later on where it's like, it's all sets and costumes. Like, nobody actually got hurt. Yeah, but that's what an actor would say. Okay, you're really, you're, okay. You're assuming he's lying on some of these things. Like, Trevor's kind of a nitwit. Like, he's really, everything he tells you is at face value. So it's like, he does not seem like the person who just killed someone. So I don't know if, I don't know. I mean, if you were going. I, I, I would say he's stupid enough to just think, oh, he's not actually dead. Uh, that's what I would I think. don't know. War Machine 68. Oh, mm-hmm. we haven't even talked about this. What do you make of the fucking Iron Patriot? Ridiculous. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Wait, so it's both ridiculous and you like it? Yeah. Is it too much to ask for both? (laughs) How are... Never mind. I'm not going to go there. This whole scene... I mean, this movie is good. This movie is It just makes me... Oh, there's Stanley... Kyle, have you been to a beauty pageant before? No, I have not. 
Do you know someone who has? I don't know anybody in our in the entire West Coast that's been to one. Maybe it's just an East Coast thing. I don't Maybe. Know. What do you think? I mean, we know that we know our, that our our beloved president yes. ran at what international beauty pageant. Yeah. <laughs> well, he co-funded a uh, Miss Universe. No fucking way. He did that. I thought he just owned it. Well, either one. <laughs> the interaction. Oh, there's Kyle. Kyle, that's literally you in the movie. Because, like, I, and that, that's not a derogatory thing because, like, ever since I've known you, I've lost count of the number of people um, from high school to, I think, primarily your high school, like, career uh-huh. of how many, like, people you looked up to that you based your look off of. Because you said in the first Iron Man movie that some days you'd show up to class with a suit on because that would be you modeling basically after Tony Stark. What other people? I know there were a lot of. Didn't you say you went to a Chris Angel phase one time? Yeah, when I was in like a little bit of freshman year and uh, in eighth grade, I, I went. What was that? Can you describe your look to the people? A lot of, lot of, a uh, lot of bling, a lot of, lot of, lot of black <laughs> and uh, ripped jeans and and uh, in Converse, and that was my look for uh, a lot of chains, basically. Um, and that was my freshman to uh, eighth grade year. Uh, I went through my Robert Downey Jr. phase in a sophomore year. And then after that, I went through my Johnny Depp phase in, uh, my junior year. I like wore, like, I, like, I made jewelry to make it look like his jewelry that he wore. That's how far you That's went. That's how far I went. <laughs> yeah. And your senior year? I still have the, uh, I still have the, uh, the cuff. A uh, wristband that uh, that Johnny wears, like it's like in a replica. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that um, that was just trademark Kyle. I remember one time in a class that he and I had that, um, I think uh, I think it may have been Jason Contreras or somebody else that said like you can tell when Kyle's um, getting near because you could hear the sound of his of the chains. Um, yeah, and it's like shit, like. And I'm just like, I remember there was, there was, uh, a few years ago, you had stopped wearing them for a while and it took me a while to notice. And I'm like, Kyle, what happened to your chains and all the things you'd wear, your rings and your wristbands and all that crap. And I'm like, and he were like, Oh, I stopped wearing that a long time ago. I think that just speaks to how much of your look that became of you that it took me a while to notice that you weren't doing that yeah, anymore. The, you were you were a shitload of rings sometimes. The most the most I would wear I would wear like in terms of jewelry now is like a watch. I've become a huge watch guy. But that's it. What about your earrings? My earrings? I would wear them occasionally. Like if I'm back in rock and roll mode, I would throw on the earrings and speaking of rock and roll mode, what happened to the period um well, you basically, you basically had longer hair than Peter Martinez, right? Yeah. The, what was that like, having that much long hair? Long it hair? was great. I loved it. But uh, unfortunately, because uh, I had to attend a funeral or a memorial, 
Uh, I had to cut it off. What the fuck? Wait, I, I don't mean. <laughs> True story, guys. True story, ladies and gentlemen. Wait, wait a minute. So you would still have long hair right now. It wasn't for somebody dying. Maybe, maybe. Wait, okay, hold up. Were you coerced into cutting your hair? I mean, or like, were you like talked into it? Like, I was, ta- I was, I, I, I just have to, I just have to wonder. It's like, uh, you know, someone dies, and the first thing they ask you, well, Kyle, time to cut off your hair. What? What difference did that make? I, I guess like respectability. I have no idea. Who told you to cut off your hair? Uh, my, my, my lovely lady, uh, life giver mom. <laughs> How did she tell you, Kyle? You got to get that I shit think off I was head. coursed with money. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So this right here, we see that Rebecca Hall's uh, Maya character is one of the villains, uh-huh. and and I think we're going to see uh, Colonel Rhodes be captured here. I think by the Mandarin's people. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about here. Um, so. Making it a long story short, um, Peter and I like the Mandarin twist. Kyle does not. But the asterisk about why ultimately it didn't work in the movie is because the person that ended up being the real villain was such a lightweight and such an underdeveloped disappointment. Yeah. And not really fun at all to if, watch. However, if yeah, it wound ahead. up to be Rebecca Hall being the Mandarin, I would be all for that because like it would like have some sort of like connection with Tony and it'll be more personal. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind yes. that. Yes. I wouldn't mind that. And the setup was already there. You didn't need fucking Aldridge Killian in this movie. No, you didn't. And it also would have been an interesting perspective to have this. I mean, as far as the movies are concerned, uh, this would have been the first official like uh female villain of the of the series. Yeah. And and honestly. That kind of was the only reason it wasn't um, okay. And here's the story. So the story goes, Rebecca Hall in the early drafts of the movie was going to be the the Mandarin or the, the main villain of this. Not like, the, you know, the, the whole show Mandarin, but she'll be basically taking on Aldrich Killian's like role basically. Here. Uh-huh. Remember a few years, um, well, not a few years, but remember from time to time when we talk about these Marvel movies, we bring up the division between, you know, good old Ike Perlmutter and Kevin Feige. Yeah. Um, and how, you know, uh, nowadays Marvel Entertainment and Marvel Studios are like essentially two companies that don't talk to each other, but in the beginning they did. Um, so this is what happened. Before Civil War, when the whole thing like you know fell apart, and the two, and Kevin Feige now reports to Alan Horn of the Walt Disney Studios, he would have to basically get an okay on all of the decisions for all of the movies before Civil War through Ike Perlmutter, mm-hmm. and it was Ike Perlmutter himself. Remember, Ike Perlmutter's background is in toys 
in selling toys. Ike Merleputter, Merleputter, <laughs> Ike Perlmutter. Every single uh, <laughs> name you have to butcher. Mm. Hey, that was an honest mistake. I didn't butcher it in the sense that I didn't know how to pronounce it. It was just a fucking like slip up. That's the difference. Anyway, mm. Ike Perlmutter did not okay Rebecca Hall because. I think the, the the message was it'd be hard to sell toys. Yeah, it would be hard to sell toys, but it would be especially in this case, it would be harder to sell toys because it was a girl. Like he literally that was the reason we can't have a girl villain because then we can't sell toys. You know what was awesome? Uh 2017 rolled in and uh a good portion of people who bought wonder woman action figures was men that's great so it's also but it, but you, you know how this has been a consistent problem because if i'm not mistaken kyle remember when age of ultron came out wasn't there a controversy that they didn't make any black widow toys yeah or am i mistaken because there was a th- that happened yeah, right that happened what the hell? And again, that was before Civil War. So you know, like, shit, Ike Perlmutter is really a dick. Like, and also, the fact that this movie's plot and choice of villain was dictated by the drive to, to sell toys. And, oh, my God. I mean, that's always the case. I mean, it, yeah, it's just, you know, we could have had what we could have had, but we didn't because bullshit reasons, three, four, five, and six, which I just laid out. So, um, and here we have more examples. We've been seeing how Tony is just like really, really, really on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> that was funny. And... We're Ooh, approaching I like the music bit where he, they just play the bottom note of a mm. piano. We're approaching the moment. The moment where the moment, I lost the like I lost interest in the film. <laughs> I have to ask you, Kyle. Um, so you said that you and your dad watch this together. Yeah. Can you tell me how it was like watching this scene? And you, you said you and your dad looked at each other. Right? Yeah. We both gave a a mouthing what the fuck. Didn't um, your dad say that he wanted his money back? Yeah. (laughs) I want my money back. That is... (laughs) I love how we went from like... One more day to like, <laughs> look at, look at I wouldn't Tony's go there reaction. for 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, he's funny. Look, this is fun.
but he's not here. He's here, hmm? but he's not here. It's complicated. Complicated. <laughs> I thought like he was like a twin. I love this scene. I thought he was like a twin or something like that. <laughs> yeah, well. <clears throat> he just fucking crouch has to crawl away. <laughs> My name's Tr- Oh my god. This is amazing. <laughs> like when it this was thing the thing I thought like he was like a decoy or something like that. Right. What was the rest of the audience thinking? What was the were there any audible reactions to I, I was this to scene? be honest, I was numb. Holy shit. You were in shock. Is that what yeah. it was? You were in shock? <laughs> he fucking falls asleep right now. This is great. I'll just kill him. I love how Tony just looks at him right here. Like, shit, this is actually him. He just turns it on and off like that. Gives him a beer. <laughs> it's okay. It's funny. I'm going to give her that. It's funny. Handled it, but I panicked. I mean, I panicked and then handled it. I'm just like, Kyle, fuck. So you're saying you were numb to this yeah. happening. So you, you couldn't... T- was there just like abrupt silence throughout that whole scene? I think so. I don't, I don't remember much. <laughs> I do remember feeling numb. I do remember me and dad looking at, ch- at each other. But other than that, I have no idea. So from then on out, you were like, fuck this movie. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But I mean, you were laughing for a lot of those moments. So it's like, you know, it is funny. It is funny. (laughs) But then again, wasted potential. That's what gets me mad. Yeah, I agree. You know who I am. Also, 
so Re- Rebecca Hall's character in Maya. This is what I hate that she's so reduced to because I felt there th- could have been something good, but I just realized it right here. So her her entire thing was she wanted Tony to help her finish this thing. Yeah. Okay. Then fucking just ask him. Is it because, or it could be because, as we saw in the beginning of the movie, you know, the first interaction he had with Yensid and how he just basically just blew them off. Is it just kind of the reality that Tony has had this reputation of just blowing everybody off and just, you know, a working alone kind of person that she just didn't think he would say yes without a proper incentive? I guess. I mean, when, but, it's, but it's still when tri- when, uh, just, when Ben Kingsley wasn't the Mandarin, all lo- all logic of this movie gets thrown out the window. <laughs> yeah it definitely does so um here's my thing about it so for me it lands for so many reasons it's classic um shane black to fucking do that I also just appreciate the fucking balls it took to do that to the Mandarin of all characters. It's like think about a character. It's like turning. It it turns out that uh, that uh, the Green Goblin was a nobody and Norman Osborn was just an actor. I think it's even worse than that. I think it's like imagine you're watching The Dark Knight, and halfway through Heath Ledger turns out to be a a A fake. Just imagine that there would be people marching in the streets with pitchforks and and uh, and torches heading over to fucking Warner Brothers. Right. right. That's how pissed people would be. And I and the thing is, though, there here's it is. I appreciate it because it is a huge risk to do and you're going to alienate half of the fan base and. While ultimately, it may have been a mistake to do it with this character of all characters, and while I do understand the rage of the fans, I think more movies, more comic book movies, need to take risks with being okay with enraging a lot of people. Because, I mean, the goal is not to piss people off. Um, The goal is to make a better movie. And I feel a lot of movies of this, you know, caliber and of this genre don't take enough risks because they're so afraid of alienating so much of the fan base. And I think that brings us lesser movies, that brings us safer movies. And I just wish more people would understand that you just you can't have the same homogenized, generic, bland film again and again and i think the movies that like this like this one uh-huh that take risks like these are the ones that are more me- yeah here we go fucking rebecca hall gets fucking shot and there we go she's gone like she's never even never even fucking mattered thank you ike Perlmutter. but <laughs> it's like i didn't have i also have to recognize that i did not have that comic book history i did not know the character of the mandarin i pretty much got all i needed I needed to from the movie and what it was selling. So I didn't have a, um, a history with this character as others did walking into the movie. So it didn't piss me off in the bit. I understand though, if 
you're a huge fan of the Mandarin. And this happens and you're like, well, fuck me. I mean, it, 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 you were going to be pissed off. And if you are, that's fine. But I just think sometimes it's too much where people are not willing to look what else this movie did. I understand, though, that, oh, my man, that it really pissed people off where they were just like, well, the, the movie is ruined. And, you know, not no disrespect to you. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but like to use the example of what you had just said, you were pretty much fucking numb after that happened. And you were like, well, <laughs> you see revelations and revelations and everything like that in order to benefit the story and all that stuff. I get, I get completely 100%, but you had Ben Kingsley, one of the greatest working mm-hmm. actors of our time to play this momentous character. And to waste that, it breaks my heart. It's like, it's like seeing fine, fine wine go to waste. Yeah, that, that's, um, and that's the other thing is that I think a lot of people, a lot of audiences that are fans of books or comic books, you know, walk in with their own like idea of what this movie is going to be. And when the movie goes against that, they don't like it. That happens way too much. That's not, I think, necessarily what, what, what was in your case. But look at another another movie that we like. The Last Jedi. A lot of people had what they thought were the way the movie should have gone in their heads. And then when the movie challenged them, they hated it. And a lot of the reasonings that you and I have come across over the year, over years since the movie has been out, I think to you and me, really fall flat and are insufficient. And I think you and I are deeply, deeply suspicious of people that didn't like The Last Jedi when they said, well, they should have done this, or they should have done that, or I didn't like Oh, this, they didn't, didn't get like their that. fan fiction, and their speculations yeah. meant nothing. Yeah, and that happens a lot when people come in with their own pre-established history. I know a good friend of mine, um, a, a, a friend of ours years ago, was, was saying that um, you should read the, the, the Civil War comic book before watching Captain America Civil War. And while I, and this is what I said, while I know the comic book is great by reputation alone, I don't want to read that because that's going to create an expectation in my head about the, how the story is going to go. And uh, I don't want to like set myself up but for I, disappointment. And that happens. That can, that can happen to people. But at times I have my like, I have my expectations and all that stuff. But then when it comes to, when it comes around to seeing the movie, like I don't, I don't give a shit. Yeah, there are, and there are those of you that do that, but there are a lot that don't, and that's kind of the issue. And what you're saying about the wasted potential, here's the other thing where I do understand and where I, I go after Marvel a lot is they're, you know, one of the main, and even at this point already, one of the main problems that they've had is finding consistent villains. Now there's more to choose from, but still... When you hit the fucking Mandarin, right? And like of all the villains, you could have done this move to, you had to do it to this one. Yeah. And I think that part stings even more. Mm. 
<clears throat> so, um, but according to yeah. uh, the Marvel one shot, uh, the mm-hmm. uh, I'll, all hail the king. The apparently the real Mandarin. Oh, what the, the real Mandarin? What the heck? Uh, the real Mandarin is still out I there. love that moment, by the way. I, I want to say I love that fucking moment. It's like, honestly, I hate working here. They are so weird. And then Tony is like, bye-bye. He just lets him walk away, which, again, another great Shane Black moment. But yes, you were saying about All Hail the King, the Marvel one-shot that was filmed uh, uh, and that was attached to the Blu-ray of this or The Dark World? I think it was The Dark World that it was attached to, right? The All Hail the King? I think. I'm not sure. Either way... Um, that was funny in its own right, but you were saying about how yeah. it actually yeah. means the Mandarin's out yeah, there. There's uh there's, there's actual like hints that the real Mandarin is, is out there because again, you had the 10 rings in Iron Man one. Yeah. So the, the thing there is that the Mandarin did not like to be impersonated. So they captured, um, Trevor Slattery and they were going to bring him to the real Mandarin. Okay. Are we ever going to see that? <laughs> Cause like to, okay, let me ask you this. If it's Tony Stark or not in the Iron Man, or maybe it's not even used um, as a villain to the Iron Man. Maybe, maybe it's Dr. Strange villain or maybe whoever, if the real Mandarin is used as a key villain in future MCU movies, does that make it up for, for what happened here in your, in your views? Yes and no. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Yes, why and no? Yes, why. because finally we're getting the full Mandarin. <clears throat> Fuck yeah, give me that shit. But then again, he ain't gonna be interacting with Tony. Come <laughs> if if yeah, it's like pairing off the Green Goblin. Like again, I I know I'm comparing it, but it's like it's like the quintessential villain. A bad guy in the in the Marvel universe. Olé, olé, you know, well, you have the Green Goblin. <laughs> the Green Goblin is like is like the villain. But I think that what it what it comes down to is that you know it's going to be great to see his character come to full fruition. But it's just like you, like he's the perfect foil for for uh, Iron Man, and so that's why I'll, I'll be like disappointed in that aspect. But if they were to bring him back, he's you a know, lovely speed. Uh, bring him back, yeah. By the way, um, you uh, shared with me um, the original opening for Iron Man 2. Yeah. It was, I think, a, a deleted sequence. That was great. You wish they kept Wasn't it? it? I mean, can you, I kind of do. I kind of do because, like, you, like well, well, tell me why you like that scene. Describe what happened, first of all. Okay, so he was uh, – so you start with, like, it, it, it sounds like a mission because it's just, it's just audio going on. <laughs> And then so you're like, okay, this is this is like Iron Man. He's gonna be going off. He's gonna be kicking ass and all that stuff. No, he has his head down, uh, down a fucking toilet, throwing up and everything like that. Oh, there's there we have the reveal that uh, that the vice president is in on this because he wants to grow another appendage for his uh, for his daughter. Yeah. So there's that. Um. But anyway, um. 
and he, there's this whole back and forth between Pepper and uh, and Tony, and then uh, and then mm-hmm. it turns out that you know this is not really a mission. This is really the grand entrance to the Stark Expo. It was funny, and I I don't know. I, mean, I think I I prefer that over the the opening credits of the ah ah you know Mickey Rourke screaming into the camera. Um. Thor, you're bothering me. Oh my god, that was great. Um, so this is the beginning of the another brilliant set piece in Air Force One. I uh, I like this one a lot too. So because we see here, he fucking just kills people like shit. The Statue of Liberty too. Watch. Damn. How did that kill him? A lot of brutal deaths in this movie. Yeah. Hmm. So there's that. <clears throat> I oh, we never we haven't even talked. Okay, we haven't talked about this. Um at all. What? But um by the way, I love how this entire time we think he's actually there, but it's just he's not. Um but um what have you made of uh what do you make of, of the extremists and the pow- and the, the people with you know the power to blow up and regenerate? Like did you find that oh, interesting? It's great. Or? It's great. Yeah, again, yeah. I I like everything that's in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's just that that one. By the way, bit. I love her. Look, look, look. Holy shit. Look at that was fucking cold. Like, holy shit. He just blasted through his chest. And this is a fun sequence. This is really fun. Oh, yes. Yes. X-Force. Oh, my fuck. QACDC's Thunder. 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 <laughs> oh my god, now I'm going to be thinking of that. No, but this is so much fun right here. Oh no. The Air Force One? Air Force One? More like Air Force None. I was going to say more like Air Force Done. Oh. Oh. Hmm. 
See, I just like this is just I know I've said this already like three times, but like I just felt like the set pieces here um They're good. For me yeah, they're good, but I think they're more memorable the, to me they're the most memorable set pieces of of the Iron Man movies. I think the best like action scenes to me. I like the 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 first action scene in Iron Man One. That was a great sequence. Um I like the one with Obadiah, but it's like I I just for whatever reason, um it it's not the most memorable to me. And right. in Iron Man Two, I I can't think of one that I actually cared for. I mean I know the but I just think there were the set pieces were more creative, original, and I think more fun in Iron Man 3 as a whole overall. But that's just my take on it. Yeah. I do think the best one, though, was um, the earlier one in Iron Man 1. He saved their lives. Ba, 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 ba. The actual heroism. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Marvel movies do a good job of showing that off, you know? And then there's yeah. this. At this point, Kyle, what, what did you think when that happened? I was like, holy shit. Wait, no. <laughs> they fucking fucked with you again. <laughs> Is that why the people get pissed off? Because this movie fucks with you a lot. <laughs> I, I, the house party protocol. Maybe. I don't. I don't I don't think I don't think that's the that's the reason. I think that uh I think it all has to do with the Mandarin. Oh shit, I forgot about this. These are all the fucking suits Tony made in between Iron Man and Iron Man I mean Iron Man 3 and the Avengers. How many is there like an official count of how many suits a lot there were? my friend a lot <clears throat> I mean the one that we saw was 43 but there could have been more that could have been like the middle one so I don't know what mark is this one I I, I don't know And then, of course, you have the oil rig here, which I think also we're going to see in a bit yet another creative and inventive uh, sequence. <clears throat> Only to be outdone on the helicarrier with uh, Ajax and Deadpool. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I love how he says that, like, nothing. What do you want from me? Like, nothing. So there's that. He's a genius president. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
did they just get there on the speedboat? I think they did. Okay. It just really reminds you just how long the Tony Stark spends the movie with no suit on. It's good. And then he, uh, and then towards the end, he's changing it like underwear. Mm-hmm. That's pretty dark. <laughs> I mean, isn't that pretty much like a crucifixion right there? Yeah. Let him up, 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 up. Um, what is that? Um, the song. What was the the band's name? Uh, Fallout Boy. I thought you hated Fallout Boy. I like a couple of their songs. I'm sorry. I thought you really hated Fallout Boy. Didn't you give a rant a few years ago about that? I hate modern Fallout Boy. What? What qualifies as modern when they were, Fallout Boy? When they were a real emo band. Back when they were a real... So you liked them when they were emo? Yeah. And they're not emo anymore? Nope. What exactly makes you emo and not emo if you're a band? Oh, there, there there's a... There's a bunch... Oh, there's more of them? That's annoying. <clears throat> Wait till you get a load of me. What? Who is? Who, who are you voicing? That was the Jack Nicholson from, uh, from uh, Batman. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It's a great movie. I love it. It is. It is. Jack Nicholson's amazing. This reminds me of the scene in Day of the Doctor where all the doctors show up. Mm-hmm. My God. Why? I don't know. Something about it. All 13 of them? Yeah. Well, now technically 14. Where was Jody mm-hmm. when that stuff was happening? She didn't exist. Take him to church. Take me to church, I'll worship like a dog and a shop in your knife. It's fucking Jarvis kicking ass with all of these different suits. So a lot of interesting designs, though. Kablams. Kablam. Kapow. Kachow. Oh, Wow. God damn, it's a it's a lot of downtime. This is like a Star Wars space battle. Oh wait a minute! But like with Iron Man suits. I just realized that this entire time watching this movie, I didn't realize that he named these these suits. He just called one Heartbreaker, help out Snapper, won't you? (laughs) 
Like, oh my God, that takes a lot of time to name a suit. Kyle, how long did it take you to name your cars? Uh, like how much thought process did it take you? Not to, much. You know? Okay. Let's what? How long would it take you? Let's say you had forty-eight cars. How long would it take you to name them? Let's see. Millennium Falcon one. Millennium Falcon two. <laughs> okay. Well, there's that. Now, right now, currently, my my car's name is the Benatar, to match the uh, to match the Guardians aesthetic. Ooh. Although, I, mean, I, I want to say um, I don't necessarily dislike the Brian Tyler uh, composition for this, the Iron Man three theme. Uh huh. Um, I enjoy it, you know, in moments, but like, again, it's just you almost get the sense of a lack of a score throughout the whole movie. And when you in scenes like this, I mean, you just imagine why couldn't you just brought back the uh, Raman Dijwardi and bring back the you know the score from the from the first movie. I mean, was it really that hard to do? Because that's the the, the 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 piece of music that you're associated most with Iron Man at that yeah. point. Aside from, you probably could have used a little bit more ACDC in the movie. <laughs> oh, but like what? What? Let me ask you this: What ACDC songs that they've not used? Uh, you think would work with what Iron Man three ended up being? They made a song and the album Black Ice called War Machine. Don't don't uh, they also have perfect. a song called Iron Man? Huh? They have a song called Iron Man, right? No. That's uh Black Sabbath. Oh, okay. Um What was I gonna say? Oh, the uh, TNT I think would have been a great uh a great song to use in uh, in this film. Cause I'm TNT. So this is this moment right here. You're going to watch, um, pepper fall off again. (laughs) Did you think she actually died when she falls off? No. So you were like that. She's alive. Well, yeah. She's got to make it for the rest of the phases, you know? Hmm. But after this movie, she doesn't show up until, uh, until homecoming, huh? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Do you think it would have been better to kill off Pepper in this movie then? No. No, yeah, I don't, that's how I feel too. It's like I don't agree with that because I think that she I, she's yeah. kind of like she's the character that keeps uh, Tony grounded. Like he needs, yeah. Her. But then again, we, we we're gonna see in uh in Civil War what he gets without her. Yeah. 
In the name of desperation. In the name of screaming pain. Fuel design. You can fly, you can fly, you can fly. Okay. You see, this, the stakes are high. This is, I, I know it sounds like a broken record, but, you know, this movie is good. This movie is good. I think that this is a good movie. Oh, man, she got froloed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Look at RDJ. I mean, that, oh my God. He really believed he she died. All the work that he's been trying to, uh, to accomplish. This time it's personal. Iron Man 3. By the way, was the fall not that big? Because then she says because she fell. How how big was the fall? Uh, your standard uh, industrial uh, crane size. So it it would have killed her had she not had extremities, yeah. right? Okay. Holy shit! Okay, that's a big fall. Boom. Are you looking for this? <laughs> Smack. Smack like a bitch. Smack. Smack, I tell you. Are you okay, Kyle? No. Okay, just making sure. <laughs> I sat on the roof and kicked off the moss. Ooh, Mark 42. And the prodigal. I love this right here. I love this. Like, here it comes. Here it comes. And then. Whatever. Oh, shit. I love that. It's like Disneyland. Let the sky fall, 
Let it crumble. I mean, no kidding. We will stand tall. Oh, was that supposed to be like, oh my god? Da, 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 All the civilians. So this moment when he calls himself the Mandarin, I'm like, ugh, you know, roll my eyes. But then when it turns to Pepper, (laughs) there she is. And then Tony's reaction is, I think, so fucking priceless. Oops. And then she's the one that actually blows up uh, Killian. Yeah. Holy shit. These two are just great. I can't. I I don't know how many times I can say how these two are great, but like they get better and better and better every time they're on screen. Yeah. I love that line. You're in a relationship with me. You'll never be okay. Things will never be okay. Unfortunately, that's true. Even when we come to M game. I want to be your M game. No, don't start. And they weren't. So it's like one of the things about I like about the movie is that, you know, there's no resolution to Tony's, um, you know, issues with PTSD or anxiety. And that's because it's not something that's going to be resolved. It's going to be something that he's going to live with, you know, for a very long time, as we see in these movies. Yeah. It's not something that just goes away. But how he gets better and, and how he bees better 
how he bees a better person, how he is a person, um, better person. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> how he bees a better How he bees a better person. <laughs> I'm a little tipsy. Um uh, is by focusing on Pepper. And um, you know, focusing on that. And maybe not being so preoccupied with um the plan was uh, uh, his plan anyway was to not you know be so focused on Iron Man, yeah. Um, but then Hydra changed everything. <laughs> they had other plans, kind of. And uh, there's that. Great to see you. And then, there we and then go. he takes out the Stark reactor. Finally. I mean, technically, he could have had that removed. <clears throat> Yeah, whenever he wanted, yeah. right? But then again, it's like, that was a way to show Pepper, okay, I'm going to put that behind me. But then, clearly, if you look at even, um, well, didn't in Avengers uh, Infinity War, he had a platelet in that same location, yeah. right? Which was, basically, that was a miniaturized Iron Man suit that would just... Uh, materialized through nan- nanotechnology. Pretty much. And then he has his own little little lab. Oh my god, that's cool. Complete with the hot rod. And he has his own little dummy. Oh. So much of the house. Mm-hmm. Which is such a shame. I think that's like the biggest tragedy of this movie. The the house is destroyed. Not the Mandarin? Don't don't bring it up, please. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. So that was uh, Iron Man, uh, Iron Man three. Uh, final thoughts. Bam. 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I really, really like this movie. Like for me, um, I just think like, even watching it right now, the, the Shane Black quirky humor gets better with every watch. It's a very humorous film. It also, I think, treats the car- uh, you know, Tony and Pepper very well. I love the growth. I love the, the set pieces. I mean, there are obviously, um, I love Trevor Slattery, but that came at the cost of the Mandarin. Uh-huh. Um, of course, he had Aldridge Killian, not that well. The score is something to be desired. So I think there are, you know, pluses and minuses, but I think that this is, Overall, for me, I really enjoy and really appreciate this movie. Um, I think it's a great uh, closing of the Iron Man trilogy. Um, it really makes me miss these movies, like these standalone uh, Tony Stark yeah. Iron Man movies. Um, but that makes me appreciate um, these movies all the more. And for me, it's like I like Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and I think I may be one of the few people that actually enjoys all of the Iron Man movies. Um, I prefer, I think Iron Man three over Iron Man two. I think I think it works more cohesively as a movie yeah. than Iron Man two. But I also really like Iron Man two. So I don't know. I like these movies, and that's where I I'm at. I don't know. I don't know about you. I know you prefer Iron Man two to Iron yeah. Man three, but that's personal. Like my preference. ranking goes in order of release: Iron Man one, two, and three. Um. That's not to say that I don't like the movie. I, I do like this mm-hmm. movie. I want to put on record that I do. It's just wasted potential is what is what I what I what I see when I when I see this movie. Um only in one aspect though. So I think that uh, like Ben Kingsley, Ben Kingsley, man, he rocks it. A lot of a lot of things work. Um Wait a minute, they just they just showed he didn't kill the rock song guy after all. Um, yeah. So, I was right. But yeah. What do we think of the post credit sequence when he's uh, telling this whole story of this film to, uh, to well, Hulk, Bruce Banner? Iron Man 3. So, that means that at the beginning of the movie when he's, he's you know, how he, he's narrating this yeah. movie. That means he was talking to Bruce Banner the entire time. Yeah. Which I like. I like that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. So there's that. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was our uh, Iron Man 3 uh, audio commentary. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I will see you in uh, Thor of the Dark World. Uh, I am Malekith. God. I, you know what? I'm just I'm just holding on to it because pretty soon we're going to be coming to the Guardians of the Galaxy films. and I And I can't. But before that, we have the even better Captain America Winter Soldier. So we have a lot of great stuff coming up. Uh, for me, that's debatable because I, I just love the Guardians uh, things. But uh, Well, I mean, you don't like Captain America. so There's that, I think too. You know, there's that. Um, so, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, see you in Thor the Dark World. <laughs>